So we're going to dive into the Word right now. Like I said, we're in this new series called The Path to the Cross. It's three parts. Last weekend was preparation, and uh, this, this weekend is the purpose. What was exactly the purpose of Jesus coming to earth? What was his purpose behind him uh, being born of a Virgin Mary walking on earth and do what he did? We hope to, to, to dive into that today. Next weekend is going to be the passion, Lord willing. So if you would do this with me, uh, you're here this morning because of the purpose of Jesus Christ. You're here because Jesus came and he did something purposefully, and you're here because of that. And how many of you would agree that if Jesus has a purpose, and he walked out his purpose, that it might be good for us to align our purpose with his purpose? How many agree with that this morning? So we're going to look at the purpose of why Jesus came to earth. If you would uh, pray with me right now as we uh, dive into his word. Father, thank you for this amazing time and just communion with you, remembering what you have done for us, especially this time of the year. We thank you, Jesus, that you did take that path to the cross. You didn't alter it. You didn't say not your will, but you said his will be done, and we thank you for that. And right now, God, I I just pray that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your amazing word that we cling to, we live our life to. Father, we believe in with all, even beyond the things that we see, we trust your word, we believe in your word. So, Father, let your word bring transforming power to our lives today. Changes from the inside. As the world bombards us from the outside, we ask, Holy Spirit, that through your word that you would change us uh, on the inside in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Jesus came, I believe, for multifaceted purposes, all leading to one purpose that I hope to reveal at the end of this sermon. But I want to talk to you about some of the purposes that Jesus came uh, for according to his word. How many of you know that Jesus came to preach? It's way more exciting than that. Jesus came to preach. I'm going to show you according to his word that that was one of his purposes. See, there's power in preaching. He came to preach this thing called heaven and he preached about hell and he preached the Beatitudes and how we should be with our attitude and how the kingdom of God is upside down and and our attitude is way different than that of the world. He came to preach the good news of the kingdom of God and and how it's just amazing, amazing news. He He came to preach about eternity and how we're to live our lives and how we're to love one another and love him with all of our heart. He came to preach, and and preaching is something that's very powerful. Let me read a couple scriptures, more than a couple, but let me read a few scriptures to you in the area of preaching today. Mark 1, 38. But he said to them, let us go into the next town, look, that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose, everyone say purpose, for this purpose, one of Jesus' purpose was preaching. For this purpose, I have come forth. Luke 4, 43, some of it's not going to be on the overhead. I encourage you to bring your Bibles, flip there. Luke 4, 43, but he said to them, I must, will you say that with me, I must? I must. I must preach the kingdom 
of God to the other cities also. Because for this, look, for this purpose, I have been sent. There's something beautiful about preaching. And it was a purpose of Jesus that he came to earth. Matthew 4, 23, it says this, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Look, and healing all kinds of sickness. Aren't you glad that he's a healer today? And all kinds of diseases among the people. One of the main purposes of Jesus, uh, his, his path to the cross was preaching. Preaching is just not talking. Preaching is just not communicating. Preaching does something. Preaching brings uh, faith into the hearts of people who are listening. All of a sudden, they hear the word of God and faith springs forth that there's answers for my life. That Jesus came for, to heal me and, and he, he came to take care of me. So preaching does something amazing. It's not just communicating or talking. There's an impartation that takes place in preaching. I believe it stirs people's hearts when we preach. I'm not the only one called to preach. Guess who else are preachers in this place? You're a preacher. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a preacher. Now, 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 now tell them like a preacher. You're a preacher. Now, now say this to them. Preach, preacher. Tell them, tell them. Preach, preacher. You know, we're not, I'm not the only one who called or three or four people. Come on. Go into all the world and who? You. Me. We're all called to line ourselves with Jesus' purpose of preaching the kingdom of God, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. He preached the kingdom of God. What is that? The kingdom, I believe, is in heaven. The kingdom uh, is on earth because you're on earth. Did you know that the kingdom of God lives inside of you? It's not like a kind of a tangible kingdom. It's more of an invisible kingdom. The power and the authority of God resides within inside of each and every one of you. That's powerful. God, God's called you to be armed and dangerous. Lethal weapons. And you're called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the kingdom. And I tell you what, it's good news. Because this kingdom that I'm talking about is a kingdom that's full of grace and truth. This kingdom that I talk about is merciful. This kingdom is, is ruled by a ruler who is love. This kingdom that I talk about is not led by a tyrant or a terrorist. How many of you know that God's not a tyrant? He's just up there waiting, Ron, boy, you better get straight, Ron. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. He's full of love. He's not a terrorist. He's not a tyrant. He's love. And, and this is some of the fruit that comes out of the kingdom. Listen to Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law come on that's the kingdom that that i preach that's the kingdom that lives inside of me that's the kingdom that lives inside of you that's the kingdom that this world needs amen 
This kingdom has authority and power. God's given you authority over all the power of the enemy. How, do you, how many of you know that today? Stop getting your kick, your butt kicked around, your rump. I didn't, say, I didn't mean to say the butt. I, I was just saying it too late. I already said it. Stop getting your rump kicked around by the enemy because you have authority over all the power of the enemy. You need to know that. Knowing the truth sets a person free, not just hearing it or reading it. Knowing it, listen to the, the listen to this kingdom and the power of this kingdom this morning. Philippians two ten through eleven, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. So somebody say every knee, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Come on, that's authority. I think that pretty much covers everybody that I know. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Every knee, we sang it earlier, will bow. That kingdom lives inside of you. That authority lives inside of you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit and that, that, that kingdom of God is inside of you, and God wants it to, to resonate outside of you. The purpose, that was his purpose, and your and my purpose should line with that purpose. If we're kind of off a little bit, come on, click into, click into alignment today. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. Align with God's alignment. We're all, can you imagine a church full of preachers? Wow, my goodness. They'd say, those people, man, wow. They, they just, everywhere they go, they tell people about Jesus. They, they preach the gospel. Those who have turned the world upside down have come to Coeur d'Alene. Preach. Another purpose that he came for, number two, look, this is beautiful, to destroy the works of the devil. We should just be like dancing in the streets. He came to destroy the works of the devil. I think sometimes we give the devil just a little too, we talk about him too much. Like, you know how they'll on TV, you know, when somebody does something crazy like a mass shooting and they won't put their name up there and talk about him too much. You know, I, I think we need to be more like that when it comes to the enemy. Because your sons and daughters are the most high. The kingdom of God lives inside of you. He came to destroy the works of the devil. What exactly are the works of the devil? There's probably many. I want to hit on five this morning. I want to hit five biggies. Listen to what the Bible says. First John 3, 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, look, everyone say purpose. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. What, what does that mean, manifested? I mean, he's there. The, he's there. He, he, he showed up. He manifested. He's here. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested, look, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to give you five things that I think he came to destroy. He came to destroy way more than this, but five biggies today. I put the first two together, sin and sickness. 
He came to destroy sin and sickness. I believe it's in the Word. I believe it's Old Testament. I believe it's, it's New Testament. He came to destroy sin and sickness. Do we ever sin? We fall short. I fall short all the time. Do I ever get sick? Occasionally I get sick. Doesn't mean that he didn't come to destroy the works of the enemy. Doesn't mean that he doesn't come to destroy sin and sickness. Amen. I believe the truth of the word, the any, anything I see or anything that I feel and anything that I hear, I want to stand on God's word beyond anything else. And I believe that he came to destroy the works of the devil. And, and here's two of them. Where, where did sin begin? All the way back with little Eve and little Adam, back in their innocence, all of a sudden, Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. It ain't like she killed 15 people, yo. She ate fruit from a tree that God says, don't eat. Can you kind of get a feel for what sin can be? Disobedience and amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for my sin. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. So guess what? Let me prove my point. How many of you have ever sinned before? Raise your hand. Enough said. If you didn't raise your hand, you're sinning right now. I'm just saying, is that not true? Not trying to be accusatory or mean or anything this morning. I just pretty much think that's a fact. Or you, or you could have just been playing with me and not listening. I understand. That's fine too. 1 Peter 2.24 talks about these first two that I believe that he defeated the works of the enemy. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins. Jesus took on my sin, and he took on your sin, and he took on our sin, and he took on the sin of the world. He bore our sin. Now, that's some good news right there. In his own body on the tree that we having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Sin and sickness, he has destroyed the works of the devil. Well, J.O., I still sin. Me too. But this is what you got to look for. Is there a resistance inside of you towards sin? The Bible says resist the Come on, come on. Resist the, resist the devil. What will he do? He's going to flee. There has to be a resistance inside of you. There's a resistance in, 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 in all of us. Now, if there's no resistance inside of you this morning towards sin, then I think that Holy Spirit wants to begin to deal with you in your heart and Maybe, maybe come and get prayer, talk with someone, or you just take it to the Father right now. Amen. But there needs to be a resistance inside of me and you because now we are new creations in Christ Jesus. God wants us to live under righteousness. Amen. So just tell your neighbor in a good way, resist. That's a good thing, isn't it? How many know that's a good thing? If you don't resist, I can get you in trouble. Resist the enemy. He destroyed sin. He destroyed sickness. Jail, people still get sick. You know, 
There's a lot of mystery involved with that, but I'm going to tell you it's way beyond my pay grade. But all I know is that he came to destroy sickness and sin. He destroyed the works of the enemy. I'm going to believe that with everything in me. Amen. Another one that I, he came to destroy are lies. Lies. The enemy just wants to come, even as I preach, even in the midst of worship, even in your day-to-day -day living, he just comes and he just sows, just so lies. He's a liar and he's a father of lies. I don't say that the Bible says that. I just line my confession up with his word today. He just wants to plant so just seeds of lies in your heart. Seeds. Of, if he can get you to believe a lie, he can get you absolutely not walking in the authority that God's given you. He can cause you to be defeated. Are you going to be going to heaven? Yes. Yes. You, you, you didn't earn heaven. I believe that Jesus is going to make sure you get to heaven. But that's not what I'm talking about. God wants you to have life and life more abundantly here on earth. He doesn't want you squeaking through the gates. Come on. He wants you to walk uh, as more than conquerors, victorious, not fighting for victory, but fighting from victory. Come on, somebody. And those lies, man, will just try to absolutely turn your world upside down. Just sowing those little lies. Listen to what the Bible says, John 8, 44. You are the father. You are of, he's whew, glad Jesus wasn't talking to me right here. Hallelujah. He's talking to some other dudes. Praise God. He, he, he really, you know, Jesus didn't, Jesus, I've never seen breaking those who were broken. But if you have a hard heart, He'll throw some EKGs on you. Shabam! Is there a read? Okay, hit it again. Shabam! Okay, 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 okay. We're breaking through. We're breaking through. He throws some EKGs right here. You are of your father, the devil. Shabam! And the desires of your father you want to do. Shabam! And he was a murderer from the beginning. Whew. And does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of lies. A lot of the, the problems you've had in your life. When you got off the skinny. When you got deceived. You believed a lie. When you went down the wrong trail, when the prodigal left the father's house, he believed a lie. The grass is greener on the other side. I'm going to take my, I'm going to go to the country. I'm going to party with my, with my daddy's money. It's going to be good. I know better than my daddy. He believed a lie. The enemy sows lies in our life, and you need to be aware of that. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy today. Number three, everyone say condemnation. Another strong thing the enemy does, he tries to condemn us, to keep you absolute. If, if he can get you all wrapped up in you, you're not going to reach anybody. You're not going to feel like you would ever do anything. Who am I to preach the gospel? I'm no better than anybody else. Well, somebody in you is, and God doesn't want you walking in condemnation. Listen to what the Bible says. John 3, 16, code red. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send his son to condemn you. You're his sons and daughters. What did he send him into the world for? But the world through him might be saved. Isn't that beautiful? 
that condemnation, guilt, and shame, where the devil just, come on, you got to stop receiving that. Confess sin, go on, robe of righteousness, press into him, amen? Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no uh, J-O, uh, you, sure, you sure the scripture doesn't say uh, a little bit of condemnation or maybe when I'm deserving condemnation? No, the Bible says there is therefore now no. Everyone say no. no. Zero. What's zero in, in Spanish? What is it? Zero. 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 I better stay with English. Not even English, just American. That's just me. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Condemnation. Don't live under it. He came to set you free of that. He came to destroy the works of the enemy in your life. Don't allow the enemy to bully you in those areas. Amen. Another one is accusations. Accusations. He is the accuser of the brother. Just accuse you. Hey, look at you now. Look at, look, you call yourself a Christian. You believe it. But just look, look what you just did. Look what you just thought. Look what you just said. Look at what you just felt. Just, just look, 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 look. Just constant. A constant accusation, constant accusation. You know, Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy and the accusations that the enemy wants to whisper in your ear. Listen to this. This is a beautiful story. I'm only going to read two verses. I encourage you to read the whole section of the story. It is beautiful. It talks about a high priest. His name's Joshua. It's not Joshua Moses, Joshua, Joshua, promised land, Joshua. It's a high priest, Joshua. And it says this in the area of accusation. Zechariah 3, 1 and 2. Just, you should just read all of it. It's beautiful. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before angel of the Lord. And standing at his right hand, and Satan, don't want to skip that one, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, I love this right here, I love this right here. And the Lord said to Satan, look at it, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this, is not this a brand plucked from the fire? And then it talked about this high priest Joshua, his clothes being changed and his turban being changed. And it was because he was dirty, but God is not the one that brought an accusation. It was the devil. The, God comes to destroy the works of the enemy. How does he destroy the works of the enemy? How does God, how, did, how does Jesus destroy the works of the enemy? Number one, he just shows up. He just shows up. What did it say? He was manifested. When you walk into the room, everything changes. When you step out of heaven, everything changes. When Jesus just shows up in your life, 
in a situation, in a church, everything. All Jesus has to do is show up, number one. And then Jesus walked his entire life sinless, number two, all to destroy the works of the enemy. Then, number three, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He laid his life down. He died for you and I. But look, he rose from the dead, number four. And number five, he lives forevermore. That's how he destroys the work. That's how he did and he does destroy the works of the enemy in your life. Number three, what was another purpose that Jesus came for other than to preach? Other than to destroy the works of the enemy? He also came for the lost. Will you say that with me, the lost? Aren't you glad he came for the lost? Every one of you, if you know Jesus Christ, at one time you were lost. Who is lost? Something that has value that's not where it should be. That's lost. You should read out of their faces into their shoes, an amazing book that, you know, I just got through teaching a little bit of lostology, and it's birthed out of this book. I want to let you know that uh, anything that is not where it should be is lost. Have you ever lost your keys before and you're late for work? Have you ever lost your wallet before with your ID? Have you ever been on a trip and lost your passport? Oh, my goodness. What do you do? You begin to search for those things. Why would you search for your keys? Why would you search for your passport? Why would you search for your wallet or your purse? Because they are valuable. You search for that which is valuable. Jesus stepped out of heaven, came to earth because he searched for those who are lost. Why? Because we are valuable in his sight. For the Son of Man, the mission of Jesus Christ, Luke 10, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost, that which was lost. Purpose. Jesus stepped out of heaven for you and I. Listen to what 1 Timothy 1.15 says. This is a faithful saying and worthy all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's what Paul said. I'm like, wow, if Paul was chief of sinners, what does that make me? I must be a triple, triple chief. That's what Jesus came for. 2 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according, listen, to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Jesus is real interested in every person on the face of the earth that doesn't know him. I've sang it before. I think I'll sing it this morning. You're always on my mind. You're always on my mind. Willie Nelson. Love that guy as a songwriter, even like his nasally voice. And I know that he was not talking about the lost, but I sing it towards the lost. Because do you know that the lost is always on, I believe, Father, heart's mind. 
Psalms 139 says he thinks about you. See, we try to put him in our box. Oh, how could that be so? Well, we're not God, and our ways are not his ways, and our thoughts are not his thoughts. He has the ability to think about everyone in this room more than the sands is of the sea. And you're, and you're born again, most of you, or maybe all of you. I don't know. Only God knows that. Can't tell you that you're saved. If he thinks about his sons and daughters that knows him more than the sands of the sea, I would have to say that God thinks about those who are lost. Because he writes uh, uh, in his Bible about it, and Jesus walked it out, and he raised 12 search and rescuers. We call the disciples. I call them the dirty dozen sometimes. But he raised them up to be search and rescuers. What? For the lost. Because why? It's his mission. Came to seek and save that which was lost. I, I received a word. How many of you remember Brother Charlie Sweet, one of the prophets that was here uh, during the sound with Tracy Armstrong? How many of you remember Charlie? He's the cool Italian that changes his glasses every night, that matches his clothes, and just really, really super cool guy. He sent me a, a word, and I said, hey, is this for me or the church? He said, both. Just, just receive this. Dig the foundation deeper. Plant the seed. Young people in your regions are crying out to come into something better. Dot, 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 church. Won't you come with me and bring them home? Reach for the lost. Call out the wayward souls. Break up the fallow ground. This is your harvest time. Let your cry be, yes, Lord, I will go and reach the harvest. Yes, Lord, I will be the vessel you can bring, you can use to bring it in. I will go with you, Lord. Declare, yes, Lord, I will be a vessel that you can uh, use to bring it in. I will go with you, Lord. I, the Lord your God, will send laborers to help you. But do not wait. Begin now. Thrust the sickle into the ground and reap. I'm taking the comfort zone out of your hearts. I'm going to cause you to stay radical and free. Remember, your potential determines your opportunity. The warfare in your life determines the next season of blessing in your life. Narrow is the road and few will find it, but you will be spiritual ushers with the Holy Spirit flashlights to help them find the road. God is tearing down every wall that held back the finances in your houses and in your own houses. God is using his blessed people to have his church, his bride restored, fully brought back and fully developed. Be a people who are radical in all you do. And then he says, be, and he put a list of areas that we should be radical. Be radical in prayer. Be radical in intercession. Radical in relationships. Radical in unity. Radical in healing. Radical in giving. Radical in youth. Radical in salvations. Amen. You received that this morning? Come on. One of the great purposes of Jesus is he came here, walked sinless so that he could reach those who were sick, sinless, and jacked up. 
I'm so glad someone preached the gospel to me. Even when I didn't want to hear it, they preached the gospel to me. They put the seed in my heart that's changed my life for eternity. Amen. Amen. Number four, minister and witness. This is Paul speaking here. He's talking about this to a king, and he's talking about an experience he had with Jesus. But I don't think this is just for Paul. This is the purpose that Jesus had for Paul, but I think it's the purpose that he has for his church, that we would be ministers and witnesses of who he is. Acts 26, 16 says this, but rise and stand on your feet, for I've appeared to you for, look, this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I know that was to Paul, and yet everything hadn't been revealed to Paul yet. And Paul came out of and steeped in religiosity. And I mean, the guy was just, wow, a zealot. And he was uh, 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 persecuting Christians. And, 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 and Jesus met with him and, and kind of knocked him off his horse and, and spoke to him. And, and this is about him, his life, that he was going to be a, a minister and a witness. But I think it speaks to every one of us that Jesus has come. He came, and one of his purposes was to create in each and every one of us to be a minister Remember, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's not just someone who stands on a stage that's a minister. You and I, the church is full of ministers. Each and every one of us are ministers and gifted uh, by the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to be ministers, and he wants us to be a witness of him. And number five, Jesus, it was wonderful what Radine was saying about death today and communion and, 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 and what, what comes after death is life. You know, if you're going through a season of death in your life, you know what you can get ready for is a season of resurrection life. Don't get an attitude with it. Come on. Life is coming. Jesus came to die. He didn't stay in the grave, but he did come to die. Listen to what it says. John 12, 27 now, my soul is troubled. If you think that you're the only one that's ever been troubled in your soul or stressed out or distressed, you got to remember that Jesus walked in your shoes. Jesus was distressed and Jesus was troubled. But it wasn't sin, but yet he dealt with his emotions. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Question mark. But for this purpose... I've come to this hour. What, did he, what was that hour? He came to lay his life down for you and I. We're going to be uh, absolutely, we're going to be talking about that in the next couple weeks during Resurrection Weekend and so forth and so on. Now, he did many other things. He came to serve and he came to bring a sword and so forth and so on. But I believe, listen to me, I believe that preaching the gospel I believe destroying the works of the devil. Listen to me real good. Don't, don't, don't lose this one. I believe that he came for the lost to raise you and I up to be ministers and witnesses and dying and resurrection, building this church, pouring out a spirit, signs and wonder. All these purposes leads 
to one purpose today. I was thinking, trying to dig deep. What is, how could I summon up God in one purpose? Why did you come, Jesus? What is the main purpose? The one most powerful purpose that you came, born of a virgin Mary, walked on earth, didn't even do any miracles until 30 years old, then 33 and a half years of miracles and signs and wonders and dying and rose from the dead and crucified and then walked on earth after that and, and rose up. And What was the purpose? You. One word, three letters, you, you, you. He destroyed the works of the devil for you. He came to seek and save that which was lost for you. He came preaching the gospel and the kingdom of God and the beatitudes in heaven and hell and eternity for you. He came to do all these things for you. I think about you too. In the name of love. In the name of love. All in the name of love. You're laughing at my singing. That's all right. That's all right. I'll make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He'll leave the 99 for you. He'll search the house, the coin for you. He'll let that prodigal son go, but he'll be looking for that prodigal son, that one, that one to come back into the father's house for you. He'll go across the lake or a sea in the middle of a storm. He'll leave multitudes of people. He'll go across it. He'll arrive upon a beach and a crazy demon possessed 6,000 demons, dude, will leave naked out of the tomb and he'll set him free for that one. It's for you. He'll look at Zacchaeus, you little sawed-off tax chief, rich tax collector. Come down out of that tree. I got to go to your house today because I'm here for you. That prostitute breaking that alabaster, I'm here for you. That woman caught in adultery, I'm here for you. That's what he came for. He came for you. And then when you reach another you, and that you reaches a you, and then we reach another you, and all of a sudden we reached all the yous in Coeur d'Alene, and then because we reached out like Jesus has reached us, Coeur d'Alene is turned upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they say about Coeur d'Alene, have you ever been there before? You go through the gates of that town, and it's like open heavens. We don't have to name our, our name Zion because everybody would just know it. You don't have to worry about going to the schools or NIC or in the business there or walking on the streets there. You can let your kids out at 7 p.m. till midnight. Why? Because of what he did and the life that he's changed. It won't be through politics that's going to do that. It won't through it be education that will do that. It's going to be through prayer and it's going to be God changing the heart of you changing the heart of every individual and then all of a sudden your cities change because your families change and downtown has changed and the school has changed and then Idaho has changed and then Idaho is America's changed and then it's all about he gets right in here sometimes we look looking for uh, not love but looking for answers in all the wrong places when it's all been about Jesus, 
always will be. Amen.